This is the SFF Audio Podcast. This is Jesse. And I'm Scott. How are you doing this week, Jesse? Okay. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Merry Christmas. And to you. <laughs> happy Boxing Day. Happy, happy what? Boxing Day. Oh, happy Boxing Day. You bet. <laughs> what the heck is Boxing Day? Boxing Day. We, we talked about this years ago. We did, yeah. Uh, Boxing Day is the day after Christmas. Ah. So, and it's called that because people bring boxes around to people? It's called that because, um, I guess in Victorian England, this is the day you would pack up all your clothes, old stuff, everything that you don't want anymore, and you pack it all up and you give it to your servants. Ah. (laughs) (laughs) Or something like that. Nice. So people aren't fighting on the streets on Boxing Day. Actually, they are. Oh. (laughs) Um, Because today, modern times, this is the day you go to... Uh, you go shopping and oh, uh, fight yes. fight for good deals. I see, I see. Um, you have Black Thursday or Black Friday. I can't remember what it is. Yeah. Sometime after Thanksgiving, it's the same idea except um, more polite. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, somebody actually died here. I mean, yeah. not not where I am, but in the United States, I saw yeah. a story of a guy at Walmart, a greeter at Walmart, that got killed by a crowd. Well, you know, those Walmart crowds. <laughs> yep, yep. Well, no, I, I, I don't think... Um, there's probably been some deaths on Boxing Day here, but mm-hmm. usually that's from standing out in the cold in the middle of the... Uh, in the middle of a uh, uh, December 25th night, waiting to be the first one in line for something. Gotcha. Wow. Be my guess. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we have got a lot of snow. Yeah. In here the too. last little while. Yeah. I think we're getting it from your area. It's the ah. Pacific systems they call them. <laughs> well, I think, so I think I they think there's a lot through, of snow everywhere. Through you and to us, I think. Yeah. But there's snow on the east too, as well. Yeah. There sure is. Plenty of it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so do uh, your, for, I, I assume your listening habits change over the holidays. I haven't heard a darn thing for uh, for this whole week. Um, they did change, but not not probably because of uh, the normal reason. Um, so, you know, DRM's a bitch, right? Sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, uh, one thing you can do to get around DRM is just to swap. <laughs> Uh, iPods with someone. Ah. And that's what I did. Oh. So, um, Steen's in town visiting uh-huh. um, for the Xmas season, I guess. I see. And um, uh, I had Old Man's War on my uh, iPod, and ah. and uh, he had one that I wanted to hear called um, The Winter Frankie Machine, which was a... Uh, 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 oral Noir t- title, I guess. It's a... Um, crime, uh, you know, sort of modern godfather sort of story. Uh-huh. Well, that's mm-hmm. cool. It sounds good. Now, the only problem with swapping iPods is uh, uh, when people listen at different rates. Yes. <laughs> so I'm like, hey, are you done an old man's war yet? <laughs> and he's like, well, I'm working on it. 
It's hard I'm to like, listen to that. I've only got one hour left. Hurry. <laughs> oh, man. That's good stuff. Yeah. Hey, I've got some recent arrivals for us. Oh. From Blackstone uh, Audio. Is this uh, the post I did? or? No, that's uh, new new releases, yeah. No, okay. I actually got... These are physically in, in our hands here. Good. Um, box from uh, Blackstone Audio. For the holidays. And what's better for the holidays than Philip than K. a box Dick. of... <laughs> uh, a box of stuff from Blackstone. That's I don't right. Think that's better. right. We 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 mentioned these on the podcast as soon as we saw that they existed, but um, here they are: um, Volume One and Volume Two of Philip K. Dick, the Selected Stories of Philip K. Dick. Me 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 me. Yeah. <laughs> you bet. Um, oh. I'll read the uh, table of contents. Um, so Volume One, it's about eight hours long. Mm-hmm. Um, Autofac, mm-hmm. Progeny. The exit door leads in. A little something for us tempunauts. The last of the masters. The preserving machine. Novelty act. The war with the phenols. And the mm. electric ant. Yeah, so all of those except for the last one have, as far as I know, never been released on audio before. Yeah, and that's, that's uh, neat. I'm glad that they yeah. did that. Yeah, really good. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, okay. The electric ant's a terrific story too, so. Cool. And it's out of print uh, in audio, in audio, so um, mm-hmm. that's that's perfect. Who did it originally, or the other uh, one that you Dirk know about? Case. Oh, Dirk okay. Case. Mm-hmm. Yeah, part of the um, Isaac Asimov uh, favorites collection. Very nice. Yeah. Okay, and volume two um, has this stuff: uh, Colony, Upon the Dull Earth, The Short Happy Life of the Brown Oxford, mm-hmm. Faith of Our Fathers. The Days of Perky Pat, mm-hmm. The Variable Man, and I Hope I Shall Arrive Soon. Colony's the only one uh, that had been um, released in any form prior, but I think that was only as a audio drama, ah. a radio drama okay. um, from uh, X-1. Yeah. The Days of Perky Pat sounds familiar to me. Days of Perky Pat is um, pretty influential. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a sort of a story about. Um, <laughs> it's a very Philip K. Dick story. It's a story about uh, a future in which everybody likes to play with um, dolls, <laughs> oh, mm-hmm. and these dolls are like um, like what we what we are uh, what we're, we're doing now. You know, sort of. Um, we play virtual games, inhabit virtual worlds, and uh, buy virtual things for our virtual avatars. Uh-huh. Uh, except in this case, there are actually physical objects as well. So, um, you know, if you if you play World of Warcraft, you you want to have a I don't know war rhino for your character or something, mm-hmm. and you want a big sword that's you know plus seven or something like that. Right. Um, well, it works the same way except. This, this, in this case, it's actually a physical object. So you, you know, your Barbie needs a new, a new uh, Ferrari, and that makes you happy when your Barbie gets a new Ferrari. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh huh. So it's okay. like toys, toys for adults. Gotcha. Cool. I'm yeah, that sure does that does sound familiar. I must have, I must have yeah. read it. So yeah, you take special drug while uh, playing with these dolls, and that gives you the sense that. There, these things are happening to you. I've never read the story, but that's what I've. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> that's what I've gathered. But all right, very nice. 
Okay, mm -hmm. so that's those. So we got two more. Um, cool. Uh, Alpha by Catherine Asaro. Mm. Uh, nine and a half hours, read by Hilary Huber. Um, again, mm -hmm. a Blackstone title. Um, let's see, it says... Uh, I, was, I was just making a note that uh, Recorded Books put out their first um, Catherine Asaro title ever. Oh, really? So, Yeah. That's so it's good. kind of surprising. They, they've been very loyal to her over at Blackstone, so I guess that must be a separate series or something. Yeah, it must be. Hmm. Okay, this one uh, is about a ruthless criminal. Okay, Charon, a ruthless criminal and practitioner of illegal robotics, has died. And General Thomas Warrington believes his team has deleted all the electronic copies of the, inven the inventor created of himself. But one major problem remains. Alpha, the sole survivor of Charon's cybernetic empire. Outwardly indistinguishable from a human woman, Alpha has superhuman capabilities, some of which are still unknown. I wonder if Joss Whedon's got a hold of this one. <laughs> that Make a movie like out Dollhouse of it. or something? What's that? Uh, is that something like the plot of Dollhouse? I, I don't know. No, I'm just no. It's not the plot of Dollhouse, but uh, it looks like. Uh, um, you know, a lot of Joss Whedon's strong female characters, you know, that uh, kick butt. It's got a picture oh, okay. on the front of a, of a woman holding uh, two guns pointed at us. Okay. <laughs> Actually, I was noticing that they're doing really good art for uh, the Asaro titles as well. Yeah, it is. It's really is nice. That, is that nice? Mm -hmm. hmm. And you have one more? I have one more. Inferno by Larry Niven and Jerry Pornell. Hey, mine, 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 mine. <laughs> mine, mine, mine. Read by I Tom swear Lee. I... Uh, Go ahead. What? By oh. Tom Weiner? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I got to have that. Okay. I don't care. <laughs> Sounds good. Okay. It's five and a half yeah. hours long, unabridged. And it's oh, about a really uh, science fiction writer who finds, in, finds himself in Dante's hell. So how was your Xmas? It was great. Yeah, had a good time. Um, yeah, we got a whole lot of snow. <laughs> yeah, the 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 day of, the night before Christmas and the day of Christmas. Mm -hmm. uh, man, did we get snow? You know, like a foot of snow. So, and then yeah, we uh, got the day after, we there. went up to visit my sister up in uh, Idaho Falls. That was about a uh, hundred miles away, and uh, drive was pretty good. <laughs> But then uh, the drive back last night was a little harrowing. Yikes. Mm hmm but, Well, uh, but we were sn time. snowed in on, uh, um, I guess it was Christmas Eve. Mm -hmm. We were supposed to go up to my mother's house. Everybody have turkey and stuff like that. Um, we're not used to snow here. So oh, uh -huh. uh, when That surprises me. I guess it should. Well, uh, you're right on the coast, right? Yeah. When snow happens, it's uh, unusual and people freak out. Mm -hmm. um, I like I'm I'm afraid to drive <laughs> <laughs> when the snow is really deep because my car doesn't have uh, snow tires or yeah yeah even it just rear wheel drive you know it's not sure not ready for I've always felt pretty good if I'm on the interstate um, those are kept pretty clear and if I have a front wheel drive car I feel pretty good so. That's what we did. We have a we have a van, a Toyota van that's got front wheel drive. That's good. But uh, yeah, you just drive slower. 
Mm-hmm. You know, if everyone else would do the same, that would help. Yeah, it would. <laughs> the things that don't are the semi-trucks, you know, the big giant 18-wheelers. They seem mm-hmm. to uh, just cruise along at normal speed, and when they pass you, you cannot see. But they're, uh, they're heavy, so they can yeah, sort of they're heavy. power through but, it. Yeah, and when they, they pass also... you, they, they, uh, you, know, you get this deluge of stuff, and then uh, you have at least, I don't know, 10 seconds of not being able to see a single thing mm-hmm. um, while your uh, windshield wipers try and clear you a spot to see. So, but, uh, but anyway, yeah, that's normal for here. You know, it's funny. I, I lived in Tucson for a long time, six years anyway. I guess that's mm-hmm. not too long. Anyway, I lived there for six years, and I remember uh, it snowed there once when I was there. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they, I mean, they shut the place down. You know, it's, it's, they're not used to it. But here we've got a foot of snow, and the next day everything's normal. Yeah, I heard people were sleeping at work here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like... Uh, everything's closed. There's mm-hmm. there's uh, very little movement, and um, there there was li- uh, literally like a foot and a half of snow. So oh, wow! Yeah, it hadn't it hasn't snowed this much in forever here. Wow! Wow! And uh, it's so been so. Next thing we've got glaciers gonna move down through Canada, huh? Yeah. Well, there's they are. They're just uh, they seem to be on the retreat for the most part. <laughs> <laughs> you bet. You bet. Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess. I, had, I don't know. Are we, one due, of my are we due for was, another ice age? I remember uh, looking into that. Uh, overdue or due? I don't. I don't think we're due for an ice age yet. Yeah. I, we're we're due for a polar reversal. We're not due for a an polar ice reversal. Day. What's going to happen yeah. when that happens? Uh, we, that's an unknown. Unknown. Okay. We talked about that a couple of Will shows. Will podcasting ago. continue? Because that's all I really care. About. Uh that's true. That's good. A very good point. Um. Uh, good question. <laughs> yeah. Science fiction question. If I blow blow gaskets on everyone's computers. Yeah. yeah. So I, I wanted to talk about you've got new releases. I wanted to talk about some of the. Uh, you had recent rivals. I want to talk about some of the recent uh, new releases. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw your I giant, giant post. Giant, giant post. That was a giant post. I don't know. I, I don't even know how many titles. You know, it took hours and oh, hours and hours yeah. to yeah. assemble all this, mm-hmm. and it's not even complete. Uh-huh. It's, it's big. Wow. But uh, I tried to sort it a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. It's not completely sorted, but there's some titles I wanted to talk about. Okay. Um, so Starship Rebel, I've um, finally got that. Mm-hmm. I, I actually haven't listened to it yet because. Uh, it's not on my iPod. Well, it is on my iPod, but my iPod's in the hands of somebody else right now. Uh-huh. Um, uh, and so I'm, I haven't listened to that one yet, but looking forward to that. Um, talked about some of the other um, Audible titles that had released as well. There was mm-hmm. a bunch of Alan Steele. Yeah, look at that. Yeah. Yeah. Have you read any of the Coyote stuff? I've never read anything. Yeah, by it Alan. looks like you got Coyote and Coyote Rising, uh, two novels there. And... Um, I know that the I know that the first Coyote was released. Um, you know there was short stories, uh, mm-hmm. and I think you know they were pulled into a novel. You know, um, but I had read at least two of those um, in Asimov's, I believe. Mm-hmm. Hope I'm not completely wrong. <laughs> but oh, I uh, yeah, good stuff. Um, I also got um, uh, scan. I even scanned it. Uh, audiobook case. Um, mm-hmm. That's the company by Wayne June, who is not oh. here this week. Yes, but hopefully will be soon. Um, he put out Strange Case of Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde. Wow. 
Yeah. Um, and I haven't been able to confirm that it's unabridged yet, but um, I'm assuming that it is. Mm-hmm. And because um, it's not a, it's not a long, it's actually sort of novelette or novelette novella length, I believe. Uh-huh. This is three CDs, so it should be right. But um, it's a uh, pre-release. Uh, it, I, like mine says review copy, so not 100% sure that it's out this month. But uh, I'll contact. Wayne June, find out for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other thing that struck me while I was looking at the Blackstone site, uh, this new uh, new audio drama version of the Maltese Falcon. Yeah, yeah. Um, they've got a sample on the site. I couldn't figure out how to embed it, but mm-hmm. um, sounds really good. It's got um, it's actually Yuri Rozovsky, which I didn't manage to put into the post for some reason, but. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I have his, uh, one of the things in my to-listen list is uh, the Sherlock Holmes Theater. I've got that. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. also put out by Blackstone and done by Yuri Rosowski. Yeah, that's So really hopefully cool. we'll get a copy of this Maltese Falcon as well. It's got um, three uh, Hollywood actors. Yeah, and I don't know if they're going to release this on Audible. and um, Probably you know, not. I just, I just want to reiterate, you know, um, audio drama needs to... Audible needs to either release those in stereo, even if they're going to be bigger files, or um, you want to get the CD versions of your audio drama. Because it, uh, it just sounds way better in stereo. It does. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Sound quality's not high enough on Audible stuff. Yeah, not for audio, audio drama. drama. For audiobooks, just fine. But uh, yeah, check out the sample on that. Click through, and uh, uh, you'll you'll dig it. Yeah. Um. And then uh, they also have the Three Stigmata Palmer Eldritch, which I think we may have even received. I think we have received that, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I wrote the summary I wrote for that was the literary equivalent of taking deliriance in church. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Nice. <laughs> Sounds good. Uh-huh. Um, and then there's a, a whole bunch more from uh, Blackstone. I, I got a few of them. The, the one that sounds the most um, interesting of authors I've never heard of uh, is called The Sacred Book of the Werewolf. Hmm. Um, and it's a... Uh, it sounds very Russian. It's, uh, it may be a translation. I'm not sure. Huh. Um, but very interesting looking title. And it takes place in Moscow, according to the mm-hmm. description. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. In modern-day Moscow. Yeah. Um, CBC Audio, did you see what they released? Oh, look at that. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's awesome. Oh, I, I didn't realize that that wasn't uh, a package already. No, it hadn't come out yet. Well, that's great. Just, Can- just Canada 2056. Mm-hmm. It's and that's, fantastic. It's Buy got this thing. <laughs> uncut, uncut longer versions. Are you serious? Yeah. Well, now I have to have it. Mm-hmm. Well, wow. Okay, cool. It's really cool. Yeah. Oh, that's that's neat. You know, I, yeah, I, I listened to uh, um, Steve the First and Steve the Second. Um, mm-hmm. I got to write up reviews for those. Those are things that Matt Watts did before Canadia, and they are just terrific. Oh man, <laughs> they They're uh, funny. they make you laugh out loud. You know, um, you know. I was saying, you know, if you think of science fiction comedy, you know, you think of uh, you know Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, not the movie. Mm-hmm. But the 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 books and the and the radio drama, and um, Red Dwarf comes to mind, you know. Yeah. But these the Canadias and the uh, 
and the Steve the First and Steve the Second. I mean, they're way better than Red Dwarf. <laughs> they absolutely are. You know, and, and I Red, think that's Red, pretty strong. But uh, I, 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 really, I really like. That. It. You know, I've I've watched Red Dwarf, and and they've got some really good moments in that show. But uh, I think uh, Steve Steve the First was just so funny. <laughs> it it's was great. Cool. I need to write a, up a review, and I'll do that. Um, but if you if you like Red Dwarf or something, I urge you to give any of these a try. Anything by Matt Watts, any mm-hmm. of these radio dramas. There's four now, right? Yeah, Steve, Steve the first, Steve, Steve the second, second, and then Canadia twenty fifty six season one and season two. Yeah, now, they're um, all terrific. Every one of them, good stuff. Uh, Matt wrote on his website uh, on his blog. Um, it sounds like um, uh, season three is not happening. Hmm. Um, it says um, December 8th post uh, Canadia 2056 although a third season hasn't been ruled out it does look unlikely at this point the second season was supposed to be available online for pre-order two weeks ago but surprise surprise there's a delay maybe it'll be available for Christmas and it was uh, just just after or uh-huh. just on Christmas but then again maybe it won't I've been flung back into the world of sketch comedy during the summer I co-wrote a bunch of sketches for CBC Radio's The Irrelevant Show then I was brought in as head writer for a radio pilot featuring a couple of CBCers, and I've just finished a four-week stint on a writing room developing a Bible for CBC television for a sketchish show. Huh. I'm not going to specifics on any of these, only because I'm superstitious. <laughs> I've got another radio pilot in the works, and I'm slowly working on a third draft of the screenplay. Wow. So things are good. I'm working in a new apartment, and finally I've enlisted the help of a panic disorder specialist. I'm learning to cope with my anxiety and panic and can, for the first time in 20 years, see a light at the end of the tunnel. Um, It sounds like he's a lot like his character. Uh, (laughs) Both Steve and um, uh, 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 Lieutenant Anderson? No, what's Crewman Anderson? Mm -hmm. What's his name? Yep, Crewman Anderson, yeah. Okay, yeah. (laughs) Oh, man. Just makes me laugh thinking about it. Good stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's good stuff. Mm-hmm. All right, and um, what else have we got here? Um, uh, Nova Swing by M. John Harrison. I don't know if there's a lot of M. John oh, Harrison yeah. out as audiobook. Yeah, I haven't but, read anything by him. But um, uh, yeah, this is their uh, that sci-fi imprint from uh, mm-hmm. recorded books and. Uh, yeah, I, I noticed the other day, you know, one thing you don't have on this list, remember we were mm-hmm. talking about uh, Love in the Time of Fridges? Mm-hmm. <laughs> they have that over there at Audible. It's from recorded books, so it is released. So okay. I, I need to snag that after I get through my current pile. Yeah, that one sounded really strange and very interesting. Yeah, yeah, it sure does. Um, under Tantor, I just spotted it. It's not even actually out yet. It's out in January 2009. Uh-huh. Uh, the Steel Remains by Richard K. Morgan. Richard mm. K. Morgan's the guy who uh, has only written science fiction so far. This uh-huh. is his first first fantasy, and wow. looking forward to that. Um, it says, Epic fantasy is worked over in a classic Richard K. Morgan style, uh, producing this unique combination of noir themes and savage action involving characters you wouldn't want to meet but will love to follow. Wow. <laughs> I mean, that's, a, that's an intriguing description, you know. Mm-hmm. He's he, he writes really interesting. Of, I can think of you know like Roger Zelazny the the uh, Amber series mm-hmm. is kind of noirish, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I would say a little bit, but it mm-hmm. it's also more um, humor based. Mm-hmm. I would say 
and that's not necessarily the case with Richard K. Morgan. There's not a lot of laugh out loud stuff. Uh-huh. There's a lot of smirk here and a smirk there, but not nothing, um, nothing uh, super funny. Gotcha. Um, the other title from uh, Tantor that that um, I heard good things about is uh, uh, World Fantasy Award winner uh, called Replay. Uh-huh. Um, it's I guess it's from the 80s and it's or 80s or early 90s mm-hmm. um, by Ken Grimwood and I've never read anything by Ken Grimwood yeah. but it's uh, described as a time travel classic in the tradition of Jack Finney's Time and Again Ken Grimwood's acclaimed novel replay asks the provocative question what if you could live your life over again without uh, knowing the mistakes you've made before hmm Wow. Yep. Heard good things about it. Yeah. And, and read by Bill DeFries. So, mm-hmm. got a great reader. So, mm-hmm. great. Good. Um, there's a, this is sort of probably a more oral noir title as well. Uh, Sherlock Holmes was wrong. Uh, reopening the case of the Hound of the Baskervilles. Huh. Um, and that's read by John Lee, who I believe oh, yeah. you're big fan of yeah, Pierre Bayard right now. <laughs> I think this is a translation I'm not 100% sure of that but I believe it's yeah. a translation um, it says uh, here's the description eliminate the impossible Sherlock Holmes said and whatever is left must be the solution but as Pierre Bayard finds in his dazzling reinvestigation of the Hound of the Baskervilles sometimes the master missed his mark using the last thoughts of the murder victim as his key Bayard un unravels the case, leading the reader on uh, to the, this astonishing conclusion that Holmes, and in fact Arthur Conan Doyle, got things wrong. The killer is not at all who they said it was. Part intellectual entertain- entertainment, part love letter to crime novels, and part crime novels in itself. Sherlock Holmes was wrong turns one of our most beloved stories delightfully on its head, examining the many facets of the case and illuminating the bizarre interest interstices between Doyle's fiction and the real world. Hmm. Bayard demonstrates a whole new way of reading mysteries, a kind of detective criticism that allows readers to outsmart not only the criminals in the stories love, but also the heroes and sometimes even the writers. Um, And that does sound really cool because um, Sherlock Holmes uh, is super popular and his most popular story is actually the Hound of the Baskervilles. It's been filmed, I think, thirty times. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Wow. That's that's a lot of different that versions. That is a lot of times. <laughs> yeah, and so you, you sort of it's a it's a really good story. What's really interesting about it is Sherlock Holmes is absent from most of the story. Uh huh. Um, and that's not that uncommon with um, some of the Sherlock Holmes novels, um, but it's it's strange in that. You know, it's a Sherlock Holmes story, but he's not present. Um, and so that's, people are, you know, saying, well, why is he not here? And, well, if, you, if you've seen some of the versions, they sometimes put him in more than he actually was in the story. And it's, it's very good. It's a great story. It reads really well. It's a cool story, and I like the explanation that's in the book. But I'm, I'd be curious to find out what alternative explanations are uh-huh. You bet. It's a um, cool idea. Yeah, it is. Mm, let's see what else is spot spotting 
making me excited. Pandora's Star, I guess you have that already. Yeah, I'm listening to that right now. Okay. But I haven't heard any of it this week, so I've still got, you know, <laughs> 35 hours left. <laughs> Set in the 24th century, this epic novel of human extraterrestrial war engineered by an unknown omniscient being uh-huh. is the best-selling author of Reality's Dysfunction. Yeah, Pandora. this thing, I mean, the, the book, the, the very opening of the book is... Oh, it's terrific! You know, they uh, the, there's uh, landing on Mars. Okay, you know, so you know he's going through you know how complicated it is and everything, and um, this crew, you know, they they're to the point where they're bickering at each other a little bit, you know, because they've been cooped up for a long time. Anyway, first manned landing, so they land on Mars, you know, and it's been pre-decided who goes first. So there's jealousy there. Who's going to go down mm-hmm. there and and uh, the first guy, you know, who's a, you know, captain-type dude, <laughs> he mm-hmm. gets down there, and then he says his words, you know, uh, you know, like Neil Armstrong did. And then, mm-hmm. and then they hear a snicker, and they're like, <laughs> you know, who's snickering at us, you know? And they, they uh, anyway, <clears throat> they, they turn around and they look, and there is a, a hole through which they can see a laboratory on the Earth, and there's a guy standing on the surface of Mars with like a fishbowl thing on his head. It, it's a really light spacesuit, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> with a with a hose attached to it that goes through that hole back to the Earth. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and then that's the end of the the prologue. So that, that that's the prologue of the story. So it's apparently they've you know found a way to uh, travel without using spaceships. That sounds pretty good. So <laughs> anyway, it was a. You just had to laugh out loud. It was it was great. That does sound pretty good. Yeah. I'm still afraid of 40 hours, though. Yeah, 40 I mean, man. Yeah, what a commitment. <laughs> it is a major commitment. Wow. It's huge. And, and, the, and, the, and the other killer is, it's part one of two. Yeah. And it's not that, that uh, Judas Unchained is a sequel. As I understand it, and, you know, I, I read this, it's uh, the second part of the novel, so I would assume that part one just kind of stops. Mm. And, uh, you got to go to to part you two. Better, better have some point at which you're you decide. Yeah, but it's just like, you know I, I don't see it as any different than reading something like um, you know George R. R. Martin, you know A Song of Ice and Fire. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, but I mean. It's it's got really great, you know. People really like the book, so yeah. And I'm enjoying it so far myself. I mean, I really like it. It's just long. <laughs> <laughs> well, then if you, if you're enjoying it, then 40 hours is is good. Yeah. Right. Yep. It's still yep. a challenge. If you're, if you're thinking, you know, hey, God, you know, can you just get on with it? You know, I haven't yeah. thought that at any point yet, but I'm only about five hours in, so. Right, so you're one eighth of the way through. <laughs> I don't know. My math might be off there. (laughs) See, if I listen to it eight hours a day for five days, I will be done with it. Can you imagine? (laughs) Uh, Eight hours a day of listening? Yeah, eight hours a day of listening for five days. That's hardcore. That is hardcore. Mm -hmm. So I I assume, let me just check, make sure I'm correct, that these files are still available. Yes, they are. Okay, so... um, Quick, quick, if you haven't already, go uh, subscribe to the uh, podcast by the Literature of the World Department of the UCSD, uh, 
Stephen Potts professor has put out a course on science fiction. 18 lectures. Um, and, well, maybe it's only 17 lectures, uh, but there's 18 files. Mm-hmm. And um, it's uh, it's a literatures of the world. I didn't even know there's a department of literatures of the world. I guess it's like uh, English or something. Uh-huh. Maybe it's not. Um, it's from U- University of California, San Diego, and um, this is the this is the university that puts out basically a podcast. I think for every. It could be every course. If not, it's every course. Um, A lot of courses. And there are problems with this in that it's it's all automated. Um, So if the professor doesn't plug in the mic or whatever at the beginning of the the course, you've Uh got a blank two-hour, three-hour file. Oh, wow. And it's just, you know, it's got a beginning and it's got an ending and the rest is blank. Hmm. but or if they plug in, you know, ten minutes into the into the the two hour block or the three hour block, then you have to wait ten minutes. But um, the good part about that is because it's automated, there's more likely a chance of a lot of people who wouldn't otherwise podcast hmm. podcast. Yeah, neat. Uh, so I, I took a uh, really I took a course. I audited a course by um, uh, a professor there on. Um, Asian East Asian politics and it was really interesting um, and the way this works is it doesn't last very long um, I found this on the DIY scholar blog which is a uh, blog that follows podcasts and um, other things from universities mm-hmm. and um, it, we don't expect this to be around very long so maybe okay. uh, till the end of the month maybe. I see that there's a guest lecture by David Brin and a guest lecture by Werner Vinge mm-hmm those mm-hmm. come through okay? Uh, I haven't got that far into it. Uh-huh. Uh, I listened to the first one, which is completely blank. <laughs> oh, wow. And the second one um, is about Ubik. And uh, as far as I can tell, the third one's about Ubik as well. Hmm. So um, I'm working. I'm going to be working on the fourth one relatively cool. soon. Mm-hmm. Sounds great. You bet. Last bit of news I have. Um is about uh, the release of Uller Uprising, or Uller Uprising, I'm not sure which is the correct way to pronounce it. That's um, one more H. Beam Piper novel Mm -hmm. uh, done through LibriVox, and um, I thought it was uh, relevant just because um, it's deliberately inspired by history. It's... um, uh, it's, uh, let me just read the description. Other Uprising is a story of a confrontation between a human overlord and alien servants with an ironic twist at the end. Like most of Piper's best work, Other Uprising is a model is modeled after an actual event in human history. In this case, the Sepoy Mutiny, a Bengal uprising in British-held British India, brought about when rumors were spread to native sto- soldiers that their cartridges they were issued with were coated with animal fat, uh, especially pig fat. Hmm. Um, the rebellion quickly spread through India and led to a massacre at the British colony of Kanpur. Con- um, Piper's novel is not a mere retelling of the Indian mutiny, but rather an analysis of a historical event applied to a similar situation in the far future. And um, this is sort of relevant just because we were talking, uh, or I was talking last week about... Uh, about history, how- yeah. 
history informing um, fantasy mm-hmm. um, making it, makes it better. I believe that's true of, of uh, science fiction often too. Yeah. If you're if you're talking about the future, you really should be talking about the past as well because the past will resemble the future in some ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it comes from the same place. Right. Right. I mean, if you look at if you look at a lot of the famous works of science fiction, um, like 1984. It's 1984 is not a book about uh, the future. It's a book about the past, mm-hmm. um, extrapolating that into a fictional future. And right? he's talking about what's happening in Russia during um, the previous 10 years, basically, mm-hmm. or the previous 20 years. Right. And he's saying, look what would it be like if that continued into the future not yeah. not pleasant right for sure yeah i think you're absolutely right on that yeah you know when when your fiction is inspired by you know uh, real science and real um history you know it's much more interesting than in, if it's influenced by other science fiction mm-hmm. you know which i think is what well, I don't think I know that you know one heck of a lot of the stuff that's being published today is is uh, written by folks that don't really know that stuff. They know uh, science fiction. They don't really know um, science. Yeah. So. Um. And I, I I can you know I can see why that that is a. I mean, unfortunately, I run across a lot of people who are writing fiction. Um, and you know you sort of um, I say it's unfortunate but um, I, I read a lot of blogs and a lot of uh, uh, listen to podcasts about people who are writing fiction mm-hmm. and their inspiration doesn't seem to be um, from the right sources and mm-hmm. so generally their 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 stuff doesn't appear correct you know it doesn't right, right. it doesn't sound right because their inspiration is you know um, they want to be a writer, and wanting to be a writer is all well and good. But if you don't have an idea, especially in in science fiction, uh, if you don't have a st- strong story um, that's coming from a certain position, it won't work out. Now mm-hmm. I, I, there are exceptions, right? Um, Mike Resnick. I keep saying this, and I think I said in the last review I did of um, his Starship. Uh, series, mm-hmm. I think it was book three. Yeah. Um, I was saying, you know, he he doesn't have any new ideas here. There's nothing new, uh-huh. but it doesn't matter because it's Mike Resnick, right? Right, but right. Most people aren't Mike Mike Resnick. They can't carry a story just with um, dialogue and and sort of remixed situations. I, the Starship series is basically just Star Wars. It's this, you know, it's a universe of space opera and spaceships flying around, but there's no ideas there that are, you know, brand new and relevant uh, to space opera that haven't been done a million times before. Mm -hmm. It's just that he's able to carry it off because he's Mike Resnick and, you know, he knows how to write a story. No matter what you give him, he can do it. Right, right. Um, And that's why there's some virtues to be had in... Uh, even some poorly written science fiction if it's got fantastic ideas. This has been the SFF Audio Podcast. 
please join us at www.sffaudio.com. <laughs>